0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. How many of you hosted Thanksgiving this year at your house, or will host a Christmas celebration for your family and your friends? You can answer in your heart if you want. When you host people at your house, one of the most important things that you can do, of course, is to be prepared. Well, what does this look like? At our house, this means that all hands on deck for a cleaning spree that covers pretty much every square inch of the house that our guests will be in. There's also much to do when it comes to getting ready for people to sit down at the table, which means that Andrea is usually in the kitchen directing traffic from in there so that everything gets cleaned up in the rest of the house. We also usually end up setting up an extra table that normally lives in the garage, and we always borrow some chairs for the church. And this year we brought over a few of the card tables too. And despite being under the weather, my beautiful wife spent a lot of her day before cooking, and even the day of as family arrived were, was busy cooking the meal. Why do people go through all of that work? Why all of that preparation? Why dust the baseboards that no one is going to look at? You know I'm right. Why make the kids clean their rooms so thoroughly when the cousins are just going to come and literally wreck it in a matter of minutes? Well, we do this because we want to show reverence, and respect for our guests. In our text for today, Jesus sends the disciples ahead of him to make preparation for his entry into Jerusalem, just days ahead of his crucifixion, and he tells them exactly what to do, what to look for, even what to say. A few days later, on Monday Thursday, Jesus does a similar thing as he's preparing for the Lord's Supper. He says, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. There is much preparation for the disciples to do before the Lord arrives at where he is going. But even before the disciples do any of that prep work, we heard the prophets laying the foundation for the preparation as well. As Zechariah teaches us to cry out, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming. This is the character of the Advent season for us too. Advent, of course, means Coming, Reminding us that the Lord Jesus is coming. We're not preparing for his coming in the flesh as the baby of Bethlehem, as if we're simply reenacting the biblical story. But now we're expecting him to come to us today, in this place, in grace. And soon, whenever that day may be, he will come to us in his glory. So let's review a few things before we talk about preparing for the Lord's Advent. First, what does Jesus say about his presence among us? He says in Matthew 18, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. You might object here and say, well, that's only a spiritual presence. And I suppose that argument could be made, but the scriptures don't really make a distinction between Jesus' spiritual presence and his bodily presence. What do I mean? Well, if we talk about the separation of a person from his spirit, that's actually the classic definition of death. We see this in the death of Jesus when the gospel tells us that he yields up his spirit just as he breathes his last breath. At the resurrection of the body, the spirit and the body are reunited again. And so just as we cannot separate the divine nature from Christ and divide that from his human nature, we shouldn't say that he's only present with us spiritually, as if that's some kind of consolation prize for being born about 2,000 years too late. Jesus also says, that we actually hear his voice when the scriptures are read to us. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus says of the apostles, He who hears you hears me. St. Paul speaks of this also in 2 Corinthians when he calls the pastoral office an office of an ambassador. Those who preach Christ's word are ambassadors of Christ. Those who speak on his behalf, or maybe better yet, in the stead and by his command. So when I'm speaking Christ's word to you, I'm not doing it as someone who has some kind of authority on my own. I say what Jesus says. Anything that is out of line with what Christ says ought to be challenged. But when I speak Christ's word, you are hearing his very voice. What does Jesus say about this meal that we're about to eat? He says, this is my body. This is my blood. Here he joins himself to you and to the bread and the wine in order that we might partake of him and that he might also become part of us. Some Christians like to speak of Christ's living in their hearts, but we have it even better because as the fullness of the deity dwells in Jesus, after we partake of the Lord's Supper, that fullness of the deity now dwells in us. Now, with that behind us, let's briefly review, review about what Jesus says about his coming. He tells us, That it will come at a time when no one knows, no one is expecting it. Only the Father knows the hour of his return. We heard the, the saying last week from Jesus that his coming would be like a thief in the night. That no one will expect it. And then next week, if you can hold on to it for another week, we'll hear how it is a day that we can look forward to as the coming of our salvation. So while it may come suddenly, we can look forward to it because that is our salvation day. This is what the season of Advent is. It is living by faith in the promises of Christ in his coming and grace right now. But it is also looking for his coming in power and glory at the end of all things. On a completely personal note. This is why I actually love Advent as much as I do, because it's a picture of the entirety of the Christian life from the time that we're born until that day when Jesus returns. It's not just the weeks that are leading up to Christmas, but it's all the time. We're always in the season of Advent as we look for the coming of our Lord Jesus. And if this is the case, if Jesus really is coming, we should take seriously this time of preparation that he has given us as we wait for his coming. Or as Jesus puts it, watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So how can we be prepared? How can we be ready for the Lord's coming? Well, first, don't make your only interaction with the things of God be what happens here on Sunday mornings. If you go 168 hours between your interaction with God and his word, I might suggest that you do more in that arena. The catechism makes some very simple suggestions to us here. It says, when you get up in the morning, you make the sign of the Holy Cross and you say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Then it suggests saying the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the morning prayer. And just out of curiosity this week, I timed myself in saying all of that. And any guesses as to how long it took? It took a whopping one minute and 34 seconds to say the invocation, the creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the morning prayer. Luther then suggests that if a minute and thirty four is not too much time, he doesn't actually say that part, but he says that if you have the time, go about your work singing a hymn as you do it. But in saying these things, you're actually doing quite a bit. You're invoking the Lord God's presence. Remember, Jesus promised to you that wherever two or three are gathered in His name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, there He is also. Even if you're praying alone, you're not really alone. In saying, Our Father, it's important to remember that you have actually been invited to call out to God like that, and it's not something that just comes from you. You never pray, my Father, who art in heaven. What I mean by that is that Jesus, who is the actual incarnate Son of the Father, has invited you to pray this prayer with him, with the creed you remind yourself that Christ is coming to judge the living and the dead and that he will raise you and all the dead and give eternal life to you and all believers in Christ at his coming. One of the things I like to do to prepare myself is that on Sundays, I skip breakfast. You can call it fasting if you'd like. That's what Jesus does. This way, when I go to the sacrament, when we go to the Lord's Supper, I'm hungry. But I'm also disciplining my flesh to remember Christ's word. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. But even more importantly than fasting and bodily preparation, which the catechism calls fine outward training. The most important thing that we can have, dear saints, in preparation of the Lord's coming is faith in the Lord's word. That personal, that person is truly worthy and well prepared who has faith in the words of Jesus coming, that he actually is going to come to us when he says given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins of his body and blood. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So, the ultimate way to prepare for the Lord's coming is by reading and hearing the word of Jesus. We do that every time we gather here in this place. And in Advent, we, of course, add Wednesday services as well, starting this week, which is another opportunity to gather with the people of God, to hear the Lord's word together, to pray, to sing with your family, your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. If you aren't already listening to God's Word daily, you should be. If you already are, can you do more? The average reading time of one chapter of the Bible is about five minutes. Some are obviously more, some are obviously less. But using that average, you can read the whole Bible in just a year with about 15 to 20 minutes of reading a day. Or about three to four chapters a day. In doing this, you will hear the voice of your Savior, and then you will be able to recognize His voice when He speaks. Whereas Jesus says, My sheep hear My voice and they follow Me. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from Him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. People loved by God, if we are willing to go all out to clean, to cook, to dust the baseboards, to prepare for family and friends at the holidays. How much more willing should we be prepared to be for our Lord's coming in grace to us every single week here? But how do we then prepare for his coming in glory? Well, this, dear saints, is the reason that Christ actually comes to us in grace. He comes to us right now in the word and in the means of grace so that we would be ready for his coming on the last day You might remember last week how I pointed out that the coming of Jesus would only actually be a surprise to those who aren't looking for him to come And that by partaking in the life of Jesus now through his word and through the means of grace he is preparing you right now for the day of his arrival The kingdom of God comes right now. The king comes right now. Not humble in a manger, not mounted on a donkey, but humbly in word and sacrament. Rejoicing now in his coming, you are already made into his sons and daughters. He who is righteous will lead you and all of the people who are his out of every country in which you dwell to an eternal promised land. In his coming, in grace, Jesus is preparing you to be brought into that land of glory. And that, dear saints, is what Advent is really all about. So let's get ready. Let's prepare for his coming. Dust the sin and death off of your baseboards. Put your best suit or dress and the robe of Christ's righteousness on. Learn to live by faith in him alone now, that in the coming days you will learn to live in his glory by sight. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.